From the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the president is speaking in Washington, D.C. to the amassed crowd at the Save America March and Save America rally. While Nancy Pelosi has gaveled the House and Senate, if you will, into session. And the vice president, Mike Pence, is speaking. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. It should be known that Mike Pence is doing what I said he would do. Sending back the to the states doesn't seem to be the case. He's not sending back electors. In a statement he has put out, quote, It is my considered judgment that my oath to support and defend the Constitution constrains me from claiming unilateral authority to determine which electoral votes should be counted and which should not, which means he is not going to just ignore electoral votes from the states. The question that has been put forth and was asked by President Trump, will Mike Pence use his authority to send the electors back to properly be certified or decertified? I don't think he's doing that either. Let's take it now to Vice President Mike Pence. They're going to start counting electoral votes. You want to hand the time? Gentlemen's recognized. I'm not attempting to debate. I'm trying to find out how a parliamentary inquiry or a parliamentary point of order would be made in following with the speaker's uh, request that most of us not be on the floor. How do you make one of those points of order when you don't know what's going to happen later? Uh, respectfully, the gentleman's parliamentary inquiry constitutes debate, which is not permitted in the joint session under Section 18 of Title III, United States Code. With that, Mr. Blunt. You already see it, right? There, no, no, leave it, leave it up, leave it up there, producer, because there's going to be a lot of legal wranglings. So it's going to bother radio coverage of the counting of the election. It's going to bother people on the political right that by that, that, that Pence is going to play by the rules. and It's going to bother them that there are rules, right? No debate is allowed on the floor when there's a joint session and the question causes debate. I mean, there you go. I want to take this moment, though, because I know that these people are listening to all the people who said that Mike Pence was a cowering simp and Mike Pence was afraid of Donald Trump and Mike Pence would do anything to appease Donald Trump. I want to give, give me the moments, guys, if, if, if you don't mind, to all those people. And they're they're in in where in my hometown, right? Not right. Is it my hometown where I live? Is that my hometown, or is it where I grew up? My hometown. Which one is it? Where I live, right? Central Indiana. Uh, all, all people who listen across the country, and to all those people who told you, oh, Mike Pence, he he's not a real Christian, and Mike Pence, he doesn't care, he just wants power. To all those people, kiss my ass. You were liars for four years and tried to rip apart a decent guy who has clearly made mistakes that I have objected to directly to his face. But I never lied about the man. You people are the worst. I just want, I just needed to get that out. I appreciate you giving me the moment. Oh, they such, oh, we're going to write books. Oh, what's, what's Pence's life going to be after the White House? I don't know. Maybe he's getting back into radio. 
not noon to three, you know, other time slots, Mike. <laughs> you guys know the history of this show, right? You know that this this show, this, this slot starts as the Mike Pence show when he was a statewide show in Indiana. And then from Mike Pence, it went to a guy by the name of Greg Garrison, the almighty Greg Garrison. Greg Garrison was the lawyer who put Mike Tyson in jail for rape. Greg Garrison, very much country lawyer, one of the most distinct gravel all-American voices you could ever, ever imagine. And part of the reason that, that I uh, was able to stay uh, in, in Indianapolis is because of, of that guy. And then, and then me. That's, that's the line. So I, I'm, I'm going to be your next vice president. First, I have to be governor of Indiana, right? Yeah, that'll take four years. And then, boom, I'm your VP. We'll see what happens after that. But, man, did they excoriate Mike Pence for four years, lied about him, attacked him. Worst people in the world. And I just wanted to say so. Now... Let's take it back to the hearing and let's see where they are with the vice president. That state reporting to appoint or ascertain electors. Mr. President, the certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Arizona seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Joseph R. Biden Jr. of the state of Delaware received 11 votes for president, and Kamala D. Harris of the state of California received 11 votes for vice president. Are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of Arizona that the teller has verified appears to be regular in form and authentic? President, I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. to the races we are no longer in the hypothetical we're in the doing it now and people will argue the constitutionality of such a thing but this happened in many years past is it the end of the world no far far from it is it constitutional i believe so but there are good arguments is it the best thing to do politically well that's a debate we'll have that over a bourbon let's take it back to the vice president the clerk will report the objection. Objection to counting the electoral votes of the state of Arizona. We, a member of the House of Representatives and a United States Senator, object to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Arizona on the ground that they were not, under all of the known circumstances, regularly given. Are there further objections to the certificates from the state of Arizona? The chair hears none. 
The two houses will withdraw from joint session. Each house will deliberate separately on the pending objection and report its decision back to the joint session. The Senate will now retire to its chamber. Vice President Mike Pence gaveling out a joint... And thus starts a very, very long day. You understand what's happening here, right? Arizona, the challenge is made. Applause taking place after the challenge. The Senate will retire to its chamber, the House to its. And there will be two hours of debate. They will come back and vote. Let us be as clear as day. The only purpose here should be to inform the members and yet, and and yes, the American people of what they see as the issue. Do not kid yourself that somehow enough Democrats are going to be moved by problems to say, wait a second, we can't have this. There will be no change. Joe Biden will be sworn in on January 20th. Let me say it again. Don't get angry with me. It only makes you silly. He's going to be sworn in on January 20th, and it sucks, my view. But it's going to happen. You just got to deal with reality, that's all. Talk about the constitutionality. Talk about the politics. Man, it's going to go on for a while. Talk about, well, now you're giving the Democrats a reason to do this. They've already been doing this. So the idea that you don't do it because they might do it is simply a, a, a... a policy that hasn't shown to be effective, right? It hasn't shown value. But they are about to go have this conversation. And thus, we will bring you more as we can. If the president's still going, we'll hear from the president. Keep it right here. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So while we question whether or not we're following the Constitution in challenges to electors, in the UK, the police and crime commissioner for the West Midlands, the second biggest force in England, has said, quote, for the small minority of people who refuse entry to police officers and obstruct their work, the power of entry would seem to be a useful tool. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. By the way, where are you? Should uh, should Republicans uh, be challenging the electors? Should Democrats? Should we as Americans? Constitutional, non-constitutional? What are your thoughts? 833-GOT-TONY, uh, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Tony Katz, Twitter, Tony Katz. This is frightening. I have raised this issue, says the police and crime commissioner. With the policing minister previously, and clarity on the power of entry would help police officers enforce the new COVID regulations more easily. So the UK is going into its third nationwide lockdown. Third. This is madness, of course. Valueless. I'm sorry, what was that there? I was just saying they just started debating. We'll get to the debates in a second. They're they're debating in the in the House and the Senate over the electors. We're gonna get to that. But I wanted to share this with you because remember, not every nation is the United States. They think that lockdowns have value. And not only should the lockdown have value, but they should be able to check your home to make sure you're all there. These are the people who withstood the Blitzkrieg. 
And yet this is where they're at. Very, very communist China of you. They want to restrict how people go outside, have nighttime curfews. This coming from the government. This is a different conversation necessarily coming from specific police departments. When people say we should be more like Europe, remember their story and say no. The last thing we should do is be more like Europe, especially when they're doing things like this. Now, of course, we know they're in their chambers and the debates are going on. Uh, are we, do we've got the House or do we have the Senate? We have the House. So the House is engaged in the debate. Congressman Jim Jordan is supposed to be leading that conversation for the Republicans. I don't know who will be for the Democrats. Uh, but let's see where they're at. This is Scalise. Are we at, is it Steve Scalise speaking right now? Who is the House minority with? The constitutional whip. process. Now, there might be reasons why some people don't like the process laid out by a legislative body. Madam Speaker, I served on one of those legislative bodies when I was in the state legislature for 12 years. I served on the House and Governmental Affairs Committee where we wrote the laws for our state's elections. And I can tell you, when we had to make changes, those were extensively negotiated. We would have people on both sides come, Republicans and Democrats, Madam Speaker, would get together to work through those changes, any minute change to how a precinct would function, to how a change would be made in the time of an election, signature requirements, all the many things that involve a clerk carrying out the duties in each parish, in our case. You would see people come and give testimony, Madam Speaker. Both sides could come. Clerks of court were there in the hearing rooms. It was an open process, by the way. Not behind closed doors in a smoke-filled room, where somebody might want to bully a Secretary of State to get a different version that might benefit them or their party or their candidate. That's not what our Founding Fathers said is the process. Maybe it's how some people wanted to carry it out, but they laid out that process. And so when we would have to make those changes, they were in public view. They were heavily debated. And then ultimately, those laws were changed in advance of the election so everybody knew what the rules were. People on both sides knew how to play the rules before the game started, not getting somewhere in the process and saying, well, you don't think it's going to benefit you, so you try to go around the Constitution. That's not how our system works. It's gotten out of hand. And so President Trump has called this out. And President Trump has stood up to it. So many of us have stood up to it. And in fact, over 100 of my colleagues, Madam Speaker, asked the Supreme Court to address this problem just a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, the court chose to punt. They didn't answer it one way or the other. They didn't want to get in the middle of this discussion. We don't have that luxury today. We have to discuss this. We have to fix this. In fact, on our first full day of this Congress, many of us brought legislation onto the House floor to start fixing the problems with our elections, to restore integrity to the election process, which has been lost by so many millions of Americans. And we had a vote. Every single Republican voted to reform the process. Every single Democrat voted against it. They don't want to fix this problem. But the Constitution is our guide. 
And it's time we start following the Constitution. It's time we get back to what our founding fathers said is the process for selecting electors. That's the legislatures. In public view, not behind closed doors, not smoke-filled rooms, not bullying somebody that might give you a better ruling. Let's get back to rule of law and follow the Constitution, Madam Speaker. And I yield back the balance of my time. Chairman's time has expired. For what purpose does the gentlewoman For what purpose does the gentlewoman from California seek recognition? To strike the last word. Without objection, the gentlewoman is recognized for Madam five Speaker, minutes. Madam Speaker, this day marks a crossroads for American democracy. Those who object to the counting of the Electoral College votes, which reflect the votes of the American people, wants to want to substitute their preferences for the voters' choice. That's not what our Constitution requires, and it's at odds with the American Democratic Republic. If Congress selects the next president instead of American voters, we'll have no need for an electoral college. In fact, we'd have no need for presidential elections at all. We'd be moving from a government elected by the people to a government selected by those already governing. That's not America. In the United States, we abide by the choices of the people, not an elite few. The framers of our Constitution considered whether to have Congress select the president and specifically rejected it. Instead, they wrote Article 2 and the 12th Amendment. <clears throat> Article 2 creates the Electoral College, where each state appoints electors. Laws of all Well, I think it's pretty funny that you now have Democrats who are supporting and endorsing the Electoral College. <laughs> so if that's what comes from this, that's great. By the way, uh, Christine uh, reaches out to me on Facebook and says, Tony, I know what you meant, but you may have said something wrong. I said, what, what did I say wrong? I was talking about how, you know, Mike Pence was the start of, of this show basically many years ago, the seat that I sit in now with my home station on WIBC in Indianapolis. And then it went to Greg Garrison. And describing Greg Garrison, Greg Garrison, uh, the lawyer, uh, was a longtime radio host, is the guy who prosecuted Mike Tyson and put Mike Tyson in jail. But clearly I still had Mike Pence on the brain, so she thought <laughs> I said put Mike Pence in jail for rape, which is as perfect a 2020 statement as there is. Mike Tyson. Greg Garrison prosecuted Mike Tyson and put Mike Tyson in jail for rape. Oh, what a day. I'm Tony Katz. So the debating continues. State number one, Arizona, where they're challenging the electoral college votes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Mitch McConnell has been speaking in the Senate saying we shouldn't be doing this. That is a point of view. Let's take it to Mitch McConnell right now. With no real say at all in choosing a president. The effects would go even beyond the elections themselves. Self-government, my colleagues, requires a shared commitment to the truth and a shared respect for the ground rules of our system. We cannot keep drifting apart into two separate tribes with a separate set of facts and separate realities. 
with nothing in common except our hostility towards each other and mistrust for the few national institutions that we all still share. Every time, every time in the last 30 years that Democrats have lost a presidential race, they've tried a challenge just like this. After 2000, after 2004, after 2016. After 2004, a senator joined and forced the same debate. And believe it or not, Democrats like Harry Reid, Dick Durbin, and Hillary Clinton praised, praised them and applauded the stunt. Republicans condemned those baseless efforts back then. And we just spent four years condemning Democrats' shameful attacks on the validity of President Trump's own election. So look, there can be no double standard. The media that is outraged today spent four years aiding and abetting Democrats' attacks on our institutions after they lost. But we must not imitate and escalate what we repudiate. Our duty is to govern for the public good. The United States Senate has a higher calling than an endless spiral of partisan vengeance. Congress will either override the voters, overrule them, the voters, the states, and the courts for the first time ever, or honor the people's decision. We'll either guarantee Democrats' delegitimizing efforts after 2016 become a permanent new routine for both sides, or declare that our nation deserves a lot better than this. We'll either hasten down a poisonous path where only the winners of election actually accept the results, or show we can still muster the patriotic courage that our forebears showed, not only in victory, but in defeat. The framers built the Senate to stop short-term passions from boiling over and melting the foundations of our republic. So I believe protecting our constitutional order requires respecting the limits of our own power. It would be unfair and wrong to disenfranchise American voters and overrule the courts and the states on this extraordinarily thin basis. And I will not pretend such a vote would be a harmless protest gesture while relying on others to do the right thing. I will vote to respect the people's decision and defend our system of government as we know it. So that's Mitch McConnell. It is a point of view, and I'm not one of the people who sits here and says, oh, Mitch McConnell, oh, you traitor, you're the worst. Mitch McConnell was the guy who looked at the nomination of Merrick Garland and said, no, thanks, I'm good. And they said, uh, uh, Mitch, Mitch, uh, 
we've nominated Merrick Garland, and we we got to hold a, a you know hearings. And Mitch uh, McConnell said, uh, no, 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 I'm I'm fine. And they said, but we've got this guy Merrick Garland. You got to hold hearings. And Mitch said, wait, whoa, whoa, uh, uh, I'm good. Uh, bye bye. You think I'm just gonna throw that away? You think I'm gonna actually forget that? Because I have no plans of forgetting that at all and in, and in any way. None. I'm not going to forget the last four years. Won't do it. Mitch McConnell comes to you with a point of view. And his point of view is that this is exactly the garbage that the political left has put in front of us year after year after year, like spoiled children. Why are we acting the same way? That is a political conversation, not a constitutional one. And I reject that political conversation because it's predicated, I believe, on a bad idea, on a falsehood. And the falsehood is, we can't act like they do. Look at how acting like they do, look at what it has got them. If acting like they do got them the White House, well, use every bullet in your bandolier. Is it unseemly? Maybe. I guess it's a matter of opinion. The question, of course, is whether or not you should take a look at what happened in this election and question it out loud. That's what I see this as. There is a constitutional question to be asked about if you're going to challenge the presidential elector. Shouldn't you have challenged everything from that state, including everybody who was elected to Congress, uh, everyone who was elected to the House and to the Senate? I think that's a legitimately good argument. That's the Chip Roy argument. That is also uh, the argument that, that comes from Mike Gallagher, congressman from Wisconsin. That's a fine argument. A constitutional argument. Worthwhile. Worth our time and consideration. I'm doing this because I believe in the Constitution, not because I'm going to throw the damn thing away. That's what they're doing. And I'm not going to have any damn part of it. Why would anyone? And let me be clear that I see the Democratic Party as throwing away the Constitution. It is very clear that you follow the legislature in setting up electors, and the courts in Pennsylvania did not, and how no Democrat has said what Pennsylvania has done is wrong. They won't stand up to it. Sorry, I think very little of you. You won't even say, hey, that's, an, that's, that's not right. But if we're now going to question whether or not the state certified the electors and maybe they shouldn't or maybe they should say we're going to decertify that's a conversation as well all good conversations what is this that we're doing today letting everybody know what happened setting the record straight i think this would be different if the supreme court had taken the cases really and truly do this would be a different scene but they didn't take the cases now did they you see, the court not taking a case is different than the court, uh, you know, dis- you know, saying that something's right or something's wrong. In the times where the Trump uh, team got to the court, they haven't fared well. But when courts didn't even take cases, that's well, a different subject.
in this, whether it be from Texas, whether it be the Pennsylvania conversation, I don't think the court handled it well at all, and I'm talking about the Supreme Court. Which is why Alito and Thomas said we should, of course, be taking this case because it's a states' rights conversation, and we need to be involved. And they were right, and I think they have, if they had done so, we wouldn't be here today. But we're here today, and we've got more. I'm Tony Katz. The debate continues over the electors. Now, again, I'll say, I'll remind you, um, Joe Biden's going to get sworn in. This is happening. And again, I'll remind you of my position. I am fine with a challenge. You're following the law. You're obeying it. You believe the system matters, and you're letting people know it. That's the story here. I think that matters greatly, and I disagree with Mitch McConnell. The one thing that he's right about is that we have this division, and it doesn't seem to have any clearing up in sight. That is correct. That is correct. That that divide isn't just the past four years. This is years and years and years. And I think that the the political left has a hard time understanding exactly how abusive they've been to the political right and how people in the political right feel like they can't speak publicly, how cancel culture has worked uh, upon them. That doesn't mean that hasn't worked on people of the political left. Just uh, um, uh, talk to Al Franken. Then again, he did grow up a woman while she was sleeping, so maybe he deserved to go. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Tony Katz. Be sure to follow me there. It's been years of being crapped on and abused, called all sorts of names, and oh, by the way, just shut up and pay your taxes and you should pay more and your fair share and all of this insanity. It has been this repudiation of the American dream and the American ethos for something that is, well, not American is, is the best way to put it. In Trump, uh, I, I think what supporters saw is is somebody who was willing to fight. No, no, that's definitely what they saw. And what they saw is that they have to fight. Now, some people think that that fighting is actual fighting, right? There's a conversation about actual fighting. Not in favor of it. I'm not going to be in favor of it from people who may listen uh, to, to this show. I'm not in favor of it from Antifa or, or Black Lives Matter. The one thing I will not be is lectured to about it. Neither should you be from people who were totally silent while people were killed in Seattle in the autonomous zone, people whose lives were ruined in Portland and in New York and in Chicago and in your city by violent people. Violent Antifa, violent Black Lives Matter. I've said it's gross and it should stop. If I see people on the political right acting violently, I will say it's gross and it should stop. But I will not sit idly by while pseudo-intellectuals clutch their pearls and say, oh, such violence. Where the hell have you been? Where have you been? We're not going to get lectured to by you. It's just, it's just not going to be the case.
Now, as for as for this challenge, this challenge is is going uh, to go on. I've got more thoughts uh, to get into there, including somewhere some of the constitutional conversations are. Who's speaking right now, producer Ari? Ted Cruz. Oh, let's take it to Senator Cruz and see what he has to say. The contested states to have a credible, objective, impartial body hear the evidence and make a conclusive determination. That would benefit both sides. That would improve legitimacy of this election. And so let me urge my colleagues, all of us take our responsibility seriously. I would urge my colleagues don't take perhaps the easy path, but instead act together, astonish the viewers and act in a bipartisan sense to say we will have a credible and fair tribunal, consider the claims, consider the facts, consider the evidence, and make a conclusive determination whether and to what extent this election complied with the Constitution and with federal law. That is Senator Ted Cruz. Ah, he finished. I caught him late. I feel bad about that. Now, someone could tell me that Senator Ted Cruz doesn't understand (laughs) the Constitution. That's why it's a conversation. That's why it's a a debate. Now, there are some other stories going on out there. Uh, For example, in India, they've got reports of um, bird flu. Exactly. States across India on high alert after the presence of avian influenza. The presence of avian influenza. They found over 2,000 dead birds. No, no, no. 2021 is going swimmingly. Oh, like like a dream, I tell you. Without a problem or a care in the world. New York air traffic controllers heard a message threatening to avenge the death of Qasem Soleimani. While they're working, there's a message coming through talking about the Iranian leader who was killed uh, in an attack uh, by American forces. We are a plane, we are flying a plane into the capital on Wednesday. Soleimani will be avenged. Oh, okay. That's what it claimed. Now, federal authorities are aware of the threat. They don't believe it to be credible. That's what was said. But if you're trying to instill fear, uh, n- nice, nice job. Solid work. Right there. Guys, I get it. There's a lot of madness. There's a lot of mad. We don't have to be the ones who are mad. We got to just figure out the path and the plan forward. I'm going to be digging into that greatly. Because there is, there is a plan forward, right? Again, I, you know, the, the, this, this very concept of the systems matter. I know that today is not going to work. I don't mind the challenges. What I mind are the people who don't even believe you should make a challenge. Those people who think that everything is on the up and up, they're the ones I look at askew and they're the ones I want out of power. They're the ones I'm fighting against. And it is a fight. I mean, that, don't get me wrong. It just doesn't have to be, you don't have to be so angry about the fight. Whatever happened to Happy Warrior, man? I got something worth fighting for. I have an entire system of government and of, and, and of, and of humanity 
and years of civilization on my side. They've got death, destruction, and horse crap. I, I don't see how we can't win this, mother. Then you take a look at Georgia and you say, oh my gosh. Warnock? Man, the dark side has got some strength. This socialism, free this, free that. Call everybody you disagree with a racist talk. That's the dark side. It's hard to be a happy warrior. I get that. But here we are. This is Tony Katz today.